fascinating gadgets. Gizmos. And gear based technologies. Hello and welcome to the show. To my right, as always, my trusted companion, my favorite physicist, superhero scientist extraordinaire, and certified genius, Dr. Michael Denon. To his right, which would be my left, not to confuse anyone out there, is Ben Siebser, the rocket scientist for the show. Uh, I cannot tell you where he works. It's an undisclosed location. He operates under a black ops program, but he is nonetheless our enigmatic engineer. Ben, thanks for being on the program today. Now, both of you guys, I have a very important question to ask you. You've heard of the future, correct? The future, yes. Uh, have you heard of your back? Yes. See where I'm going with this. Uh, we a, are. Have you guys heard of this movie called Back to the Future? It's in, it's in the past now, though, right? Yeah. yeah. The movie's in the past, although it has future in the title and going back to it, all of which is impossible. Yes. And all three. Uh, all three movies? Yeah. I've heard of all three. Uh, have you seen any of them? Yes. What are your favorite parts of those movies? Favorite parts of those movies? I love the idea um, of, of getting my atomic nuclear reactor that runs on banana peels. That's awesome. We may tackle that in a future episode. I know. We're, we're, it's a hard one. But, but that, that's good. You know, as a kid, what I really wanted was my hoverboard. Now that I'm old and, and subject to injury, yeah. I'm, I'm less excited by that idea. <laughs> do you really like the hoverboard, or do you know that that's where I'm going with this? No, I really did. As a kid, that's what I wanted. Okay. Um, keep, keep in mind, I grew up like in Connecticut where we didn't really have a lot of skateboarding yet. Um, and so that was considered really cool because Californians skateboarded. Yeah, yeah. And, and the hover, hoverboard was like that next level of coolness up. That's true. So you guys just had boards in Connecticut. Yeah. No, did you have skates? No. No skates? <laughs> no, we did. We okay. had skates. but <laughs> That was really popular. What about you, Ben? What did you like? I, I really like the jacket that, you know, always fits. Right? <laughs> and dries them, too. Yeah, and dries, you know. The portable dryer? Yeah, you can the take, Dyson you know, you blade. can fall in the pond at the park and... No problem. Yeah, I forgot about the jacket. I Yeah, that would be very useful at times. Very That's stylish, really too. You guys want to talk about that instead? You guys want to hit hoverboards? <laughs> I think hoverboards will do that. Uh, well, right. So hoverboards are incredible, um, as are self-drying jackets, which I agree 100%, Ben. Um, hoverboards are cool. Now, the questions we like to answer are, is it possible? Um, and if so, how? And I think that's where we are with this one, because there are several different types of hoverboards, but nothing is perfected yet. And I think that between the three of us, this brain trust can solve this problem. Um, so let's start it off before I misquote anything here. Let's start off with hoverboards. What do you like? Is it possible? Is this a physics question or an engineering question first? Well, it is fundamentally an engineering question. Okay. I mean, because it really is just... What method of propulsion do you want to use? How do you stabilize it? How do you make it work for people? And, and I think there's a couple of different directions one can go. Uh, there, there's the, the much more short-term, easier ones that we, we basically know the physics of and, and how to do it, and it really is just a technology problem. You know, your, your basic, you know, hovercraft type thing you know stick mm -hmm. a fan somewhere and make it work right and, and it's that I, easy it's and that i'll easy. let the engineer i'm a physicist that's what we we just we get that far and then we hand <laughs> it over to someone to actually answer that last part the make it work right. um 
I, I do also really like the idea of magnetic levitation. I, it's just very appealing to me as a physicist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have maglev trains. We have other ways of doing things. That requires infrastructure, um, possibly, not just the board itself. You can maybe only do it in certain places. Right. But it is, it's another piece that I really like. Um, and all of these things are things where the, the core fundamental physics we do know. And now it's how do you make it actually work and how do you make it kind of safe? So we start with grab a fan, stick it somewhere. Uh, ben, we're going to jump you in yeah. right there. So you well, have the fan. I've, where are you sticking it? You Well, most of them do it on their... Make That's it a, a dangerous <laughs> question, Dan. I just, I just have to let you know. I, I'm just, you know, pointing out. You gave it to him. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I mean, we're going to stick it in. Is the sun shining? Th- there are lots of designs all out there for basically drones that you can stand on, <laughs> right? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. and fly and do all sorts of crazy tricks and basically be the Green Goblin. Sure. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm pretty sure I saw a video that was, called, that was like titled "This is how you get Green Goblins." Right. <laughs> no, there are. There are several like that. Although yeah. his is like a turbine powered, and these are fan powered, which There's a turbine been both, powered. But yeah, yeah. Well, so there there are several different ones. So let, let's yeah. go with the fan first, because there are lots yeah. of fan options. Yeah. And, so the basic fan option is a ducted fan is usually how you would do it. You can use battery power. You can use you know a small gas engine. Either way, you basically have a fan that's in a cowling that helps direct the air, so you don't need quite as much power because the air doesn't go out to the side and you don't have as much turbulence on the tips of your propellers. And then with those ducts, you can also then gimbal them, which means you can point them in all sorts of different directions. And that's how you can get your stability really easy by having a little bit of um, angling to the direction your airflow is going Mm -hmm. rather than say a normal like six prop drone you see for these like camera systems. Those things pitch and tilt and yaw by varying the speed of the propellers, and that's a much more complicated control system. Would they pitch, tilt, and yaw? Yes. In that order, or does it does it matter? Whichever one you need at the time. Got it. Okay. Um, also roll, but they, that, that's they not pitch, tilt, yaw, and roll. No, definitely not. Well, so not there, for a drone. The, the, so you're talking about so there's how many? There's six fans on a typical drone, or four? Uh, to, well, so you can do it with three, but that's risky. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, four is kind of the cheap model, yeah. and six is what you do if you want some redundancy and safety. Okay. Now, does that increase maneuverability, the, the higher number of fans? A little bit. It, it lets you have a little bit more fine-grained control on mm-hmm. how many, on allowing you to have maintain lift while also tilting and rolling, because you can, by having more control surfaces, which are the speed of your fans, you can have a better ability to have fine grain control. Got it. Well, well, there's two. So there's two major. Uh, well, one's a major supplier. One is one is more um, like more in the in the prototype stage here. Uh, so Omni hoverboard is a propeller base similar to what you're talking about. It's a guy. Uh, it's a Canadian named Alexander Alexander Duru, and he set the first world record for hovering, which I think is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that Guinness recognized it. Um, and it's cool yeah. that he had the record for a while. 
Uh, and this, I thought these were more expensive. And you can actually get one of these for like about a kit for like $6,000, which isn't bad. But this is similar to what you're talking about. It's a, it's a green goblin. It's actually very similar to the green goblin. Um, you know, it puts his feet on it and, he's, and it's, it's got, um, I forget how many fans on it, but it's propeller based. And so you're using that, the thrust to keep you into the air. You have to kind of stabilize it yourself. I think yeah. they showed videos of him like doing a bunch of core exercises to like basically be like those, you know, the girls who have like the, the they climb up that piece of that scarf and they do all that crazy yeah, yeah. stuff. Right. Also strippers. So, yeah. <laughs> so they have the core strength to really do this thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's to balance on something like that is difficult. And where a drone, it's a lot easier because a drone knows its weight and its center of gravity is roughly in line with the propellers. When you're standing on top of one of these things, the center of gravity is all over the place. Right. And it's very easy to, um, basically, once your center of gravity is past the center of your propulsion, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's a much more dangerous system. But you can do it. And you, know, you just got to be good at staying above the board. <laughs> Now, are these, are these cause I, w I think what really want, what I want to get down to is what is the best system here? Because there's also another company called Arca, and they're uh, made, they're an aerospace company. They make like suborbital and orbital rockets. Mm -hmm. And they've created basically a big platform, and it has 36 fans. Uh, you can, you can, it's only about $4,500, and you can, it's, it, you can power it with your phone. You can like type into an app, and like it'll stabilize you, which I think is really weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's basically Do you mean power or drive? I meant I meant steer. Steer. Not power. Okay. Yeah. It's power. It's got its own yeah. setup. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's Pretty okay. I just I'm not. A, I'm not a certified no, genius. I understand. I was just going for some clarity. No, I, I appreciate that. So does the audience. So it's basically a big flat platform. It's really. It looks just like this table, and it gets a foot off the ground. It can handle up to 180 pounds, uh, and it is 700 and 272 horsepower. And I don't know what that really means, except that it's pretty cool. I mean, I know what it means in a car, but I don't know what that yeah. means for, you know, blasting off in outer space or anything. So is that the best system? Is there a cooling system? Like how, how do propellers base fit in the whole scheme? Well, it's, it's the simplest system by far. You know, if, if you're trying to do, you know, if you're following the, you know, the KISS principle, you know, keep it simple, stupid, mm -hmm. the propeller-based system is easy. You have some electric motors, you have some batteries, you have a flight computer that can monitor the pitch, the the tilt of the thing, and make sure you're not going to flip over. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's that's pretty much all you need to do. And to some degree, it can be done by hobbyists for something that can lift a person. You know, you need bigger propellers that are than are generally what's easy to buy. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you want to make a five ten pound drone, you know, you can buy that stuff on the internet, no problem. You'll have problems with the uh, FAA now, but yeah. that's a different issue. Well, yeah, but I'm not worried about a drone, man. I'm talking about lifting a human being. Right. I, I want to get a person up there. What's good for them? Propellers. Propellers, that, so that's your top one. It, with our current technology, it's the easiest. And, it, it, and I think it acts most like what we see in Back to the Future, mm -hmm. where you can, you see him kind of do an ollie and bounce off a rock, and you kind of see him go over all sorts of different terrain. And you see it go back in time when there wouldn't be infrastructure. So you have the issue of magnetic systems generally require something to repel off of, mm -hmm. whereas air just works. You know, you're creating thrust by moving air quickly. And when you get close to the ground, you have a thing called ground effect, which gives you a bit of a boost as well. So you can do a lot of the maneuvers you see in the movie with air, and that would really not work well with magnets. <laughs> 
Well, so but the magnet idea, I don't want to give up on it yet. You're probably right, but I don't want to give up on it. Denon loves this this stuff. Uh, maglevs are incredible. There are people doing stuff with magnets. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff there. How is how would this be feasible? Because I think this is really what people want. Well, the, the, as was mentioned, the challenge with maglev is you need two things. You need whatever's in your hoverboard, and you need infrastructure that you're basically pushing off of. Um, and you can put whether you put the magnets in one or the other, or you make the other material out of one or the other, that almost doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, probably the most common sort of magnetic effect to be using when you're lifting things, to give it a technical name, is dimagnetism. Mm-hmm. This is where you have one magnetic field and it goes into a material, and that material generates another magnetic field that actually automatically repels. So you get the two repelling. This is what's used when you do a YouTube search of floating frogs. You can see frogs floating in a magnetic field, um, and that happens because the water in the frog is actually diamagnetic. So if you put the frog in a very strong magnetic field, the frog's water moves in the right way to create a magnetic field that opposes the field it's in, and then it floats. See, I've heard about it looks like levitation. Uh, Hold on, do that to a person, and you can actually do that to a person. Um, It's harder. We're heavier. But there actually is work, um, and I, I have to admit, I don't know what the current stage is, of making operating tables that work on this principle so that during the operation, you're floating slightly. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit off the table or at least not on the table as firmly as you normally would be. So if they need to move you during surgery while you're asleep, it's easier. Wow. This is, so I've heard of this stuff about floating frogs. I've never seen it. It, it seems inhumane. Uh, is anything wrong with the – does this do anything – Depends how – it doesn't injure the frog at all. It may confuse them as they're like spinning around in space and don't understand why they're flying. Right. So, <laughs> but I don't know how much a frog gets confused. It's not got a very big brain. That's very true. So is there any way we could harness this, this technology that you're talking about, this frog floating technology? Can we harness that in a hoverboard? Can the hoverboard itself generate something like that where you and it are floating? You could. It, it, the problem is, uh, as Ben alluded to, with the frog, you have the magnetic field that we generate, and the frog is the thing it pushes against because it has enough water, and that's an incredibly high magnetic field you make usually using superconductors and other, mm-hmm. other fancy expensive stuff. So that's the challenge with the hoverboard from a maglev point of view. You do need – the easiest way to imagine doing it is you have the magnets in the hoverboard and you have the right material laid out in your streets. Kind of like when you make a maglev train, you have the train tracks right. and, and you have the train and the two work together. So it'd be or, like a skate park or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like so you would do it more in a skate, skate park. park. Yeah. Um, now, there are some things you can imagine. Like I said, what, this is the inverse of what happens in the movie. Again, a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, for unknown reasons, the hoverboard fails over water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. may, maybe it just gets wet and the electronics stop. I don't know. <laughs> well, it sounds like yeah. it seems like it couldn't propel itself because the, the bulldog yeah. worked. Well, that's like a turbine C- engine. That's like a well, it, mini it jet had engine. hover, but it also had little jets to yeah. keep it yeah. to for propulsion. Yeah. So the question is, why didn't the what made it get stuck? Which is right. Which, like, why couldn't he? kick off the water. So that was kind of an interesting moment. But uh, for our, our maglev case, water yeah. is actually a good thing. Because as I mentioned, it's diamagnetic. So mm-hmm. it would, um, with a strong enough magnetic field coming out of your hoverboard, sure. water would be a good surface to basically hover over. 
Got it. Well, because there are there are two very big companies that were doing magnetic based hoverboards, but like you said, it's the infrastructure that's the problem. Yeah. You have to have this like a copper skate park. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Lexus created one, but it needed to be super cool. It needed to be nitrogen cooled, yeah. and they had a very specific park. Um, Hendo hoverboards, which I believe are the ones that Tony Hawk did. Yes. Um, those, you know, that had a very specific uh, track that it was on as yeah. well. That was just sheets of copper. Yeah. Yeah. And they're cool. They're fun. Uh, like to me, that's the most exciting one. But they yeah. are the hardest because of the infrastructure problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they also don't ride like a skateboard, which is the weird thing about them too. Like if you watch those videos of Tony Hawk riding on the Hendo yeah. skate park, you can see you can't actually turn because without the friction right. of the magnetics, when you when you tilt it, you don't actually really tilt the levitation. And by pu pulling the levitation further away from the ground when you tilt it, you actually make it mm. worse. And you don't actually turn like you'd expect. So you kind of just see mm, him that's interesting. sliding around and not really able to control him. Control. Whereas with air, you totally can control yourself. Well, and also the skates themselves on a skateboard, which is what he's used to. I mean, that's yeah. his native habitat. That's Tony Hawk's native habitat. Sure. Uh, they direct the skateboard. So, Correct. like, that's basically your rails or your right. whatever, yeah. right? So, that's does you run into a problem there. And also, he, you know, just because he was a skateboarder doesn't mean he's going to, you know, he's not a snowboarder, right? Like, that would almost be sim more similar to this than a skateboard, right? So, then you get the flying tomato in there. That would have made it a little bit better. That's Sean White for those people in the audience. Uh, uh, all right, so now here, so here's the solution. I think the, the guy who's cracked this nut, the hoverboard nut, is a guy from Zapata Racing. It's a French company. So he's got this incredible water-based propeller system. This thing can go uh, as high as 10,000 feet, 92 miles an hour. Uh, this thing's incredible. Uh, it's 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 got four turbine engines. It stabilizes like the drone you were saying, but they're actually they're actually engines that they use. Um, and when it's over water, uh, it displaces the water in a really cool way, which I think is an added bonus if you're going to have the cool factor to it as well. Um, and this is, you know, besides being European, I think that this has all the hallmarks of an incredible technology. So you, we've moved into, I think, the third area, right? We've discussed fans, magnets, and now turbine engines. Yeah, that's true. And I think I, I'm going to turn to the engineer here mm -hmm. to discuss how you make turbine engines of the right size and affordability and um, still power them, and particularly without blowing yourself up. I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, because we're going to get into turbine engines and in, in, in some other stuff, too. I right. wonder how they work. Yeah. So generally, when, you, when you're talking about a turbine engine, it's a jet engine. It's what you see in, you know, what's in your 737 when you're flying. Basically, the way a turbine engine works is you have a, sequ a sequence of compressors in, inside there. And what it does is it, it spins. And in each stage of the, the engine, you're compressing the air you're flying through more and more and more until there's a high enough oxygen content, basically, that you put the fuel in and you ignite it. And then that then both drives the turbine that energy, but then that exhaust also then go gets thrown out the back of this thing. Mm -hmm. And because you're compressing it, you're, you have a much wider opening than you do have an exit. So you're, you're gulping in a lot more air per frontal area than the, the rear of the turbine. So you get a lot more thrust out of it than you would with just a fan, which has the same amount of, mm -hmm. I of see. thrust on both sides. Also propellers kind of more work, more work like the wing of the aircraft where you're kind of just spinning a wing and and creating lift mm -hmm. and you're kind mm -hmm. of lifting the the propeller through the air whereas the turbine's really more second law of 
mm. Newton's second law, where you're throwing something back and really propelling yourself that way by creating a equal, equal and opposite reaction off of your uh, your exhaust. Yeah, no, your exhaust fluid or air. Yeah. Yeah, fumes. Yeah. That's fumes. the word I'm looking for. The exhaust fumes. <laughs> the exhaust yeah, yeah. Fumes. Throw something out the back and you move forward. Well, and I think these these are very exciting to me because uh, it's really cool to be riding on a jet engine. So you're basically like yeah. creating like a mini UFO that you're kind of floating on. If Except it, you, I've identified it. it it's your hoverboard. Yeah. Right. It's an identified it's flying like, object. It's an IFO. So right. It's an IFO. Yeah. Right. Very important <laughs> distinction. Um, so, uh, so... Is there any way, as a last question, is there any way to harness the natural magnetic properties of the Earth? Or do you need a strong enough infrastructure in order to get these things to work? That's really hard because the Earth's magnetic field is shockingly weak. Mm -hmm. um, you might imagine, you know, there's the problem of steering that was brought up. Yeah. Um, you might imagine one magnetic field for lift and then perhaps doing something with the Earth's magnetic field as your steering mechanism. If you were clever, yeah, I think but it, it is hard to to harness just the Earth's magnetic field. Yeah, well, like the bulldog in Back to the Future, it hovers and then has turbine engines to blast it off. Yeah, right. You also have the problem with Earth's magnetic field that it's a very very big magnet, and in any one position, you don't like where we're we're here in California, and the magnetic field here is basically parallel yeah. to the ground we're on, and mm -hmm. it's hard to repel off of something like that. You can't really yeah. line up the poles. But, you know, maybe if you're on the magnetic North Pole and you <laughs> stuck a really, really powerful magnet with North facing down, maybe you could do it. Well, so you're still regionally isolated. Yeah. Like you yeah. still have to, it's in a very specific spot. I mean, you might as well create the infrastructure. It makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. So what's the best system here in, in, in closure? What, 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 how do we crack this? this well, it's defined best. Like I actually like something you just mentioned near the end, Dan. Yeah. Which was. As you usually do. As I usually do. It would be cool and fun to have maybe the lift magnetic and small jets or fans to solve the steering problem. Right. Because that would be the, like the coolest. Yeah. You still have the infrastructure, but the lift you've taken care of and maybe reduced the power requirements. Mm -hmm. And now you combine either jets or fans for the steering, driving, and making it look more like a skateboard. I like that as well. Do you agree with that, Ben? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, we solved that problem. That's another problem solved. Um, so congratulations, guys. Uh, if anyone doesn't agree and wants to keep the conversation going, how can they get in touch with you, Den and Michael? So I am at Den and Michael. Mm -hmm. um, that's on Twitter. And I'm at Prof Den and Michael on Facebook. Is that P-R-O-F? P-R-O-F. Prof. Prof Den and Michael. Got it. Not Vice Provost Den. Are you Not change Vice it Provost Den. <laughs> ben, how do they get in touch with you? You can find me at B Seepser on Instagram and Twitter. How do they spell that? Uh, B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. The way God intended. Yeah. And I am at Analytical Mastermind on Facebook and at Daniel J. Glenn on Twitter and the Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram, three separate ones. Don't ask. Uh, guys, thank you so much. The, I think society is going to be very happy that we've solved this problem. Thank you. All Thanks. Right. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a good night. Fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. And if you like this show, you're going to love the other things I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com to find out everything. Thank you for listening.